Welcome to High Tide, Low Tide, the podcast where we talk about all things mental health and where we share our stories with the knowledge that it could just be the lifeline of hope for someone who is hurting and afraid that they're the only one. I'm your host, Lisa Scanlon, and I am so glad that you're here with me today. Just a little reminder here, guys, that we are discussing mental health in this episode, so we may touch on things like suicide or self-harm, which may be a trigger for you. As always, I'll put resources in the show notes or know that you can call Lifeline 24-7 on 13 11 14. Hey guys, and welcome back to High Tide, Low Tide. I'm so happy that you are here with me today. I'm extra excited today because I have my very wonderful friend, Cecilia, joining me. Welcome, Cecilia. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me. I am very happy that you're joining me this evening. I'm going to just start this episode out by saying there's a good chance that there's going to be a lot of laughs in this episode and potentially some singing. Mm -hmm. So it's going to be a lot of fun. So to start us off, do you want to just give the listeners a little bit of an introduction to yourself? Yeah. Hi, everyone. I am Cecilia Runson. I am a stand-up comedian, a poet, uh, but overall I'm just a storyteller who likes to make people laugh and feel good. But I also have a huge passion in mental health and love to spread positive messages around looking after oneself. That is a beautiful introduction. I think that might just be the best introduction I've had from anyone so far. Thank you. My improv (laughs) skills are paying off. Yes. (laughs) I love that. And how do we know each other? How do we know each other? No, we (laughs) were fortunate enough to work together for Mm -hmm. Women's Wisdom and Wellbeing, which was this fantastic program that was piloted in 2022 Mm -hmm. um, through the, well, Breakthrough Mental Health Research Foundation. Mm-hmm. Lisa was a fantastic uh, speaker talking about lived experience. I came as a little circus clown at the oh, end of the event. Don't you dare downplay uh, your role. No, I, <laughs> I, I was just leaving everyone on a little bit of a high note because mm-hmm. we did discuss so many different topics, especially around anxiety and depression, mm-hmm. which um, both of us talked about in mm-hmm. ooh, our sessions. But, yeah, it was such a wonderful thing. We went to rural towns here mm-hmm. in South Australia and Pondorf. Yeah. Um, I went- <laughs> that crept in there as a regional <laughs> visit. We love. Um, but we were so lucky. Like, we did four, oh. four sessions last mm-hmm. year. So we did Kangaroo Island, yep. which is the first time. And only time I've been to Kangaroo oh, Island. Amazing. I've got to go back. Mm-hmm. Then we did Handorf, which mm-hmm. is the Adelaide Hills. Mm-hmm. Then we did... Uh, Panola next? Uh, it was... It was. And then Roruka. No, Roruka. We did Roruka and then we did um, Kingston. Kingston. Oh, was Kingston... Kingston and Roruka? Yeah. Where's Panola? I have no <laughs> idea. Maybe. Oh, uh, well, shout out well, to Panola next yeah. stop. <laughs> You're on the list, girls. <laughs> but because Kingston's got the giant lobster. Yes. So that was the third. And then Ruvaruka was last. Oh, okay. could be the afternoon yeah. session. We did like night times. We had a oh. bunch of women come in, have dinner and drinks yeah. and laughs. There was art therapy. There were talks. Mm-hmm. But then it was really interesting because we did it mostly in like football clubs and golf clubs. Yeah. So in a very kind of masculine area and mm-hmm. we were like, tonight 
It's ladies' night. Yes, it's ladies' night. Yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about our feelings. Yeah. yeah. And it, honestly, like, this was one of the highlights of my 2022, being Same. able to go out and do that. And there was, um, you know, the group of us women, we came and we presented and each mm. of us sort of um, gave a different aspect of, of us. So mm-hmm. whether it was our lived experience or different uh, meditation and breathing techniques mm-hmm. or it was the art therapy or it was the humor and the laughs. And, mm. you know, you were the the last act of our um, sessions and it mm. was always, you know, really and such an important part of it because it made sure that we left the night on a high. Mm. Whereas I came out and I'm like, here's here's how my life was really bad for a while. <laughs> but here's the tools yes. that I use to get to where I am. Yeah, now. we worked with the beautiful and wonderful Rachel Soderstrom and Belle Ryan. Mm-hmm. And our the kind of basis around it was we are speaking about our lived experience, but here's also what we've learned. And here are some yeah. tools. Um, and the toolkits were literal physical things, mm-hmm. um, but also just like giving people the opportunity to talk and connect and connect with their community yeah. with people that they may see every day. But what are you talking about? You're talking about oh, where the kids go in, or the footy, or the weather, weather, or just like oh, I'll see you. You know, let's catch up for coffee. Maybe, yeah, never do. Um, yeah, and actually, no. For a few hours, let's sit here mm-hmm. and hear from other people but also talk to one another yeah and the conversations that you know would take part around the tables Mm. and you know people who would approach us afterwards like you could really tell that you know was having an effect and that was very fulfilling to Mm. be a part of and the age diversity of, oh, of these women. So, like, most of the time I was, like, the youngest in the room. And I did not mind. And how old are you? Uh, I'm 22, 2000s baby. <laughs> uh, the 90s, what's that? Uh, <laughs> oh, my God. Get out. Get out. <laughs> um, but it was interesting because there were people, you know, around my age or in their 20s all the way to, I believe I believe we hit the 90s. Yeah, we did. We had what the lady that did the yoga. Oh, the hands, like the headstand. Oh, the headstand lady. The headstand. Yeah. Yes, headstand. Yes. Headstand. And like 90, she was like, I love yoga. It makes me feel good. I'm like, I love you. Yeah. You're amazing. <laughs> Can we take you with us? Yeah. <laughs> but it was an idea of hearing about what mental health meant to them. Yes. Because I'm very much like Gen Z. We mm-hmm. are kind of progressing into a great direction when it comes to mental health which but when I love. we yeah which yeah. is amazing and even gen a and younger gen z uh i'm still i'm inspired by yeah um but it's an idea of there are women their whole lives who have dealt with them like with things about themselves or their partners or their families mm-hmm. and not even being taken seriously mm-hmm. or listened to because oh that just happens yeah or we're in a rural town you mm-hmm. know there's no help here Mm-hmm. Unless you, you know, your legs chopped off, you're not going to the hospital. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So yeah, it was yeah, it was educational as well. I think for us, definitely. And you know, we are very hopeful that the program's going to be continuing yes. this year. Yes, yes, yes. And yes. if you are listening from a regional town in South Australia, and you'd like to have us come and visit <gasps> after listening today, yeah, <laughs> hit us up or don't hit us up. Hit breakthrough. Yes, up. <laughs> breakthrough foundation, and be like, oh my gosh, I just listened to Lisa and Cecilia, mm. and you've got to come. 
Yes. And no, we will do our do. best. Because this is the thing. Like, if you believe that your community needs something like yeah. this, speak up and talk about it because there's someone somewhere going, I want to do something. Yeah. I want to do it. And, you know, we'll figure out the, you know, the details yeah. later, <laughs> but let's make things happen. Let's yeah. connect. And we were connected in with different organisations in each of those towns, like mm. local organizations mm-hmm. who sort of requested us to come so yeah. there is I guess those that kind of support out there mm-hmm. um it's just a matter of if you're unaware of it just to I guess ask you know float yeah. the question google you know definitely just take that next step because you know we want to be able to help mm-hmm. you know and we are super excited to do it as well. Oh, so so if you want to give us a gig, give yeah. us a gig. We want to come and meet you. <laughs> yeah. Also, the food was so good. So oh, I'll, so I'll, good. I'll, I'll grab a dinner anyway. <laughs> you know, yeah. And it was really nice to be able to see different parts of the state as well. So, oh my so goodness. great. Exploring so our grateful. own backyard. Yeah. Okay, so we're going to talk a little bit about you and Mm -hmm. your journey and your story on this episode. Um, But first, I want to know, how are you doing today? Right now, I'm great. Um, We just had a really great chat on uh, Lisa's couch. The damn couch. 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 (laughs) I've heard about this couch. And sometimes, (laughs) you know, you're saying like sometimes I wish we didn't have the chat because things happen, but we have plenty to talk about. So so good. But we're also talking about how this year has been tricky. Mm. I think I have hit some real lows Mm -hmm. and that's really scary for me because I thought I was getting really good Mm. and that's the thing when mental health a mental illness really kind of gives you this moment where you're like well I don't need to do anything now because I am fixed yeah and then it goes downhill Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, well, all my hard work has just been, you know, washed away, but it's coming back to and going, no. Yeah. That was a period of your life. There are there There's is more ebbs to come. and flows. You exactly. Know. Yeah. And it was scary. And there was, you know, phone calls to my sister where I was crying because mm-hmm. and she and as she kind of knows me very well because we grew up together, but she also knows me because this is the thing about siblings. Mm. You I was talking to someone about siblings the other day and it was, you grew up with them. So they kind of know where you come from, but they Mm -hmm. also know you. And she's my older sibling and she was like, like, I get anxious, but you, Cecilia, there's something more isn't there. And I'm like, yeah, Mm -hmm. there is. Yeah. And it sucks. (laughs) Yeah. But it is. And, you know, that loving reminder that I don't understand everything, Mm -hmm. but I'm here to listen. And I have such wonderful friends and and Mm. people in my life where I can do that, but it's also a bit embarrassing Mm. and I can't believe I still say that even though I'm such a preacher of share your feelings, Mm -hmm. be vulnerable. But because I am that person, I'm like, well, I can't do it. Mm. Because it be the strong one. Yeah. Or like, and keep it in. Or just listen to your advice, Cecilia. (laughs) You know, go for a walk. Mm. Also, walks help. They do. I recently found out all those little tips and tricks you see on Instagram, <laughs> they actually really help. Going to the beach mm-hmm. has been so helpful, just floating, mm-hmm. cleaning my room. Mm-hmm. We're talking about how when your house feels mm. chaotic, when your space feels messy, clean spaces help. Mm-hmm. And just, it's, I'm like, I would be like, oh, it's so cheesy, it's so cheesy. It's like, well, cheese is good and cheese yeah. helps. So. <laughs> but it is so true. Like, we you know, sometimes when you hear something too often, you become complacent about mm. it, but it can be so powerful. Mm. And we were talking about how, like, there's so much 
pressure on the start of the new year like mm. new year new me like mm-hmm. let's all set goals and that's great and mm-hmm. like uh, I'm so you know proud of people who've done that and they've had yeah. a great start to the year but when you start the new year and maybe something doesn't go to plan or you know you are finding yourself a little bit down you just think oh my god like you well I started to be like the feeling as if like my whole year was going to go to shit because yep. I'd had a couple of bad weeks in January. Oh, relatable like content. what? <laughs> yeah. Because yes, it's the pressure, but it's also you are experiencing that right now. Mm. And sometimes when you are experiencing a really crappy feeling, mm. you can't even think about the future. You can't think about, you know, all those things. And that's where like the other people come in and are really supportive, having yeah. that village, having that community. But it's also time. Mm. Time does wonderful things mm-hmm. and um, we were talking about Lisa doing a vision board and I'm like, <laughs> I, I wrote a few things early in the year about like what I kind of want to do but I thought I would come back to it at the end of the year but now I'm like maybe I should just keep focused on that. Yeah. Think about actually there's more to happen. There's more adventures. There's more mm-hmm. times. There's going to be times where you're on a random day at a random place and you don't know when you're around good people and you're like everything this is so, this is when the poetry starts. Everything yes. that has happened, the, the lows and the highs, they dictate where you are in life. Mm-hmm. So even though those lows felt so bad, you had those to make this time feel even better. And it's just, ah. Oh. That was beautiful. Do some yeah. poetry yes. clicks. We have to get the poetry clicks in. Yeah. That was beautiful. Thank you. The yeah. improv and the poetry. Yeah. I'm well, loving this. This is the thing. I, I've started doing improv poetry because mm-hmm. of my anxiety. Mm-hmm. Writing down and just being so critical of oneself yeah. became a chore. Yeah. And that's not what I want. I like. I am the weirdest anxious person because I am the least anxious when I'm on stage. When I'm Mm -hmm. public speaking, when I'm talking to people, I am fine. Mm -hmm. The anxiety comes when I'm alone. Mm. It comes when I'm pinned against myself and and things Mm -hmm. like that. So improv has helped me a lot and it's happened because it's a new thing. It's end of last year, this year, and it's going up and being like, this is how I feel. Mm -hmm. Have this. Mm -hmm. And the amount of people who that's inspirational too because I've been inspired by people talking about their feelings but raw and just natural responses to things and this is such a um, a beautiful example just having a conversation with someone and I do it in just real life where I'm I'm speaking I'm like oh that's really good and they're like write that down I'm like no 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 that's for the moment yeah maybe I can record it but (laughs) (laughs) it's an idea of like why not give that special moment that special yeah paragraph monologue script whatever it may be yeah but yeah I think as well like I mean how I would interpret that is that like when you're on stage or you're improv or Mm. doing those things you have to be so in the moment Mm. like you can't be like whereas if you're trying to plan something beforehand you're gonna be like constantly going over it Mm -hmm. and for Mm -hmm. me that's where the anxiety would come from whereas if you're on the spot you've just got to do it yes like oh, whatever happens happens the lights on you yeah you know people are watching <laughs> yeah. and like I'm fortunate enough to to you know the gift of the gab and stuff and I can talk to whoever and whenever when I'm at that point but the approach mm. getting up on stage or approaching someone that's the tricky component because yeah. it's the overthinking mm-hmm. but um yeah it's a it's a very thrilling experience yeah you know 
big, you know, big recommendation to yes. anyone. If you want to just do, and it could be like your, you know, the equivalent of skydiving, just do it once. Yeah. <laughs> but if you can go up on stage and just perform something, mm-hmm. oh, the clicks are worth it. Oh, amazing. <laughs> so I guess with your mental health journey, mm-hmm. if we go back to the start, like mm-hmm. is there like, you know, um, I guess a start point for you or is there something that happened or can you kind of think to where maybe it all started? I think it all started when I was around 12, but mm-hmm. I don't think I, I believe I was like an anxious child. Okay. But I was an anxious child because I had a terrifying fear of letting people down, especially okay. when it came to teachers or like coaches and mm-hmm. I was thinking about um kind of in for the you know women's meals I was thinking when when did this start when when did I become mm. anxious it wasn't just one day and I thought it was high school but it wasn't mm-hmm. it was around when I was 12 and I think looking back at it now it was my, when I had my first panic attack okay I was playing very competitive netball at that point and I thought my coach hated me and she was tough on everyone Mm -hmm. and she may not have hated me but in my brain she thought I was the worst she thought I was unfit she you know and I didn't look like the other girls I wasn't as good as the other girls all those negative thoughts and Mm -hmm. I remember finishing training with the most crazy heart rate and I just thought it wasn't it was just I'm not fit enough Mm. because that's oh, what their heart does, okay, you know. Yeah. This, it was the, I was the fittest I've ever been. I was in primary school. I was running yeah. around every day, you know. I'm always in, you know, sneakers or doing PE or mm-hmm. doing all these things. But I I remember my mum, like, helping me and because that was the thing. It, it She helped me. We sat down. Mm-hmm. We got my breath in control and then it went away. Mm-hmm. So that's not a problem we should be thinking about because it's not reoccurring. It just happened. Yeah. And I don't, like, blame anyone not noticing because I didn't notice. Yeah. I didn't know anything was a problem. I just kept on playing netball and figuring it out. And, you know, there was things that I could fix. Mm-hmm. And then I was thinking about high school. And, again, I'm, I'm the performer. I'm the mm. school captain. I'm the SRC. You know, I'm doing mm-hmm. all these things. I'm the girl with big red hair so everyone knows me. You know, I'm, I'm not hidden away <laughs> and I'm not hiding no but I would go home and I would be socially drained mm. I'd be so insecure mm-hmm. um you know acne and thinking that I'm bigger than everyone and mm. I was a dancer so that's a whole body image thing yeah I developed a terrible germ phobia in like year 10 oh and I felt shameful about it because mm-hmm. I felt selfish I'm the one who has to use way more soap than oh. everyone else. I'm the one that's wasting time getting from dance class to history or whatever because mm-hmm. I'm taking a lot longer to get ready. I was carrying around hand sanitizer way before it was cool, okay? <laughs> everyone, I, I remember when COVID hit and someone's like, oh, Cecilia's going to be fine. But yeah. <laughs> she's got like a year's supply at yeah, home. She's good. she's good. But it, it had physical effects on me. I would yeah. have terrible like skin on my hands because of the excessive hot water I'd be showering every day with new towels my mom's like who's using all the towels like it was me because the idea of using another towel was awful yeah and I would feel dirty and I felt like I'm putting up 
doing all these things because it's me. I'm so I'm so selfish. It's all about me. Mm. But there's something in my brain acting out mm-hmm. clearly. And I was just like, well, I'm a teenager. It'll, it'll pass. Yeah. Did you, do you remember if there was something that triggered the germophobia? Kind of, but not really. Yeah. I, I was the kid that would be wrestling with my brothers and outside. I was the kid who wasn't a fr- I loved bugs and, you know, <laughs> I didn't care about getting dirty. Yeah. And it wasn't and it wasn't like a disease thing. I remember um, someone telling me, because my mum got really sick when I was young, and she's like, are you concerned against sick? Okay. I'm like, no, I'm scared of my body I don't know it was so internalized and I think it was a way of my anxiety projecting physically and I would feel germs and I didn't want to tell anyone that yeah that's embarrassing as all heck yeah I I should be worrying about boys or you know like what class I have next not like if I feel germs yeah Um, and I've heard you before I think maybe at one of the women's events like describe what it was like about how you couldn't touch something like yeah I couldn't tuck my shirts in explain that a little bit more because I think that people will find that like easy to understand yeah definitely I I felt a lot about it when it came to clothes so Mm. getting changed from dance like we would have our shirt and leggings and then we'd have to change to my uniform and I was I'm a sweaty person so (laughs) that doesn't help as well but it's the idea that like tuck it in my shirt because the skirt is what you touch when you go like to the bathroom or and then maybe your like my hands need to be washed in between getting ready shoes were really dirty because I also was doing so I would try I would that's why I had hand sanitizer because I would do one bit of getting ready sanitize mm-hmm. continue getting ready and then sanitize and then do my shoes and then wash my hands and yeah. then I'll be late and I'll be sweaty and I'll be anxious because I'm now late and I am holding up and I would try and hide it. It was a it was mm. a fear of like I don't want anyone else to know. So clearly my brain thought there is something. Yeah. But I can't tell anyone because I yeah. don't know how to explain it. And that's a really <laughs> common occurrence, right? Yeah, for like, anything when it comes to your men- mental, mental health. health yeah. Because why would you get it? You're not living my life. You don't know my inner thoughts. Yeah. Yeah. Or just not even like not, not knowing how to verbalise what you're actually yes. experiencing. Mm. So like that is, yeah, something I guess for people to be aware of because yeah. you know, someone might have asked you, are you okay? You've just mm. washed your hands, you know, multiple times between changing a T-shirt and mm. another T-shirt. Mm. But you don't know how to say that. Like, yeah. So you'll say, I'm fine. Yeah. Oh, do you know what I mean? Yeah. And so it's just, I guess, a little reminder for people. Like, if someone says they're fine, but you have mm. an inkling, yeah, maybe ask again or ask in a different way, or yeah. you know, like just still be aware of that person. And it was those things of like, you know, and it was like I'm sitting down like now at your kitchen bench. I'm putting <laughs> my hands on my knees. I probably wouldn't be able to done that a few years ago. The idea that, I don't know, leg germs or yeah. my skirt or whatever it is. And it's that idea of, like, I probably would have needed to sanitize my hands now. And yeah. I'm like, nothing here is dirty and all that things. Because I, at some point, told someone. Yeah. Of course I was crying. Yeah. It was emotional. <laughs> I was like, I don't know how to explain this, but here I am. Yeah. Because I looked into, because I was, it was after high school and I was traveling. And I remember having a really bad anxiety attack. Um, in France, with my, when I was traveling with my sisters. We we're in France. France. I had a really bad anxiety attack because we did this like tourist religious experience, and you had to get changed. And I remember, I didn't have hand sanitizer. 
Mm. And I was freaking out. Yeah. And I just wanted to be left alone. But you can't be left alone at eight, like night 18 in your yeah. airplane. Yeah, no. So they have to be there. And I'm just like, and I couldn't explain to them. Mm-hmm. And I remember looking into it and it was, the only thing was OCD. Okay. That was the only thing that I saw. Yeah. But I didn't check all the boxes. I didn't have everything on the list of OCD. So I'm like, well, must not have it. Okay. Because I didn't know. Well, I, maybe I, I did, but I didn't think that everything's on a spectrum. Yeah. I just thought I was a little kooky mm-hmm. and I'll get over this at some point. But then I was thinking, honey, you're 18 and this has been happening for like two years now. Mm-hmm. You're not getting over it. Had anyone noticed like the like the hands or like the, had anyone commented at that point on yeah the use of the sanitizer and whatnot? Yeah, but I was also a teenager going through puberty, so they're of probably course. just happy that I'm cleaning my, yeah. you know, <laughs> I'm smelling good. Yeah, um, and it was yeah the towel thing was like more of a nuisance because I was I was in a house with six other people yeah and everyone's like where's the freaking towels <laughs> and I was like oh, you each get one and why yeah, is it literally <laughs> and I couldn't explain it but I think there was other concerns and yeah I also came from a family with a lot of physical illness so mm. I thought you had to be physically unwell to say that you were sick yeah and that was no one telling me that that was just my inner thought that mm-hmm. was me going well I'm not vomiting or I'm not in the hospital, so I can't be complaining. Like, I was in high school at this point. People were talking about mental health and yeah. mental illness and things like that. Which I love. Yes, which is great. Mm. But the tricky thing is when you're in that situation, you're not really listening. Mm. And that's when it comes to that other person doing that double checkup or, mm-hmm. or anything like that. But I, I say this in the women's meals. I got told that mental illness doesn't discriminate. But I told myself, yeah, except for you. You can't have it. You're middle class. You're from a good family. You go to school. You have friends. You're able-bodied. Mm-hmm. Everything is fine with you. Exactly. Yeah. So how dare you think that you're, I don't know, special enough to be unwell? Like, yeah. It's no, I get what you mean, though. Thing. Yeah. And it's crazy how our minds trick us like mm. this. Like, yeah. Stop it. Exactly. And <laughs> I just had, like, so many, like, teenage problems like Mm -hmm. and it's sad that when we say teenage problems we think of body insecurity Mm -hmm. um another thing I like discovered when I was older is I have PCOS which does you know I have hormonal acne I have excessive body hair these are the symptoms that are listed down I my weight mostly goes to my stomach more than anything else there's no cure for it but you can like live a healthy life and it can help Mm -hmm. um but I also found out a little bit later on from that, there's mental health symptoms. There's mental, the idea of we think of the perfect beauty standard and that's not what our symptoms are allowing us in, mm-hmm. in quotation marks. But mm-hmm. it was all these things. I'm like, I don't even know my body, mm. let mm-hmm. alone what's happened in my brain. Mm-hmm. So in the last couple of years, that's my goal. It's, yeah. you know, opening up and asking about it. Yeah. I think that's amazing. Like, you know, this, you know, we were saying this before, like your level of self-awareness, mm. especially um, for someone of your age, is amazing. Oh. <laughs> and I wish I had that at that age mm. and it's taken me a couple more years. It's a couple. It's a couple. <laughs> but, um, you know, so it seems like a lot of it sort of, you know, started when you were, you know, 
in around 12, you said, and mm-hmm. it was coming into high school and whatnot. Was there anything else sort of happening around that time in terms of like, I know you said that you've been like, having trouble getting to sleep and crying to sleep and yeah, stuff like Yeah, I remember. That. I don't know what That age, was from the anxiety. Yeah, I don't know what age it was, but I remember doing, it was a New Year's resolution to do not cry yourself to sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was thinking, like, now that I'm older, I'm like, and you didn't think that was a red flag? Yeah. <laughs> Come on, younger Cecilia. Yeah, honestly. But it was this thing where, like, even if I cried and then I had a pause, I didn't actually cry myself to sleep Mm. so it was all these things where I was trying to like loophole my way out of Mm -hmm. not realizing that I needed help Mm -hmm. and as I said my anxiety is a lot of internal thought intrusive thoughts and all these kind of things where it's so self-deprecating and I'll overthink things and all Mm. those awful awful things which is the worst when you're trying to sleep oh my god because you can't do anything. No. You know, especially as a teenager, like, you can't be like, oh, I'm going to go for a walk yeah. now. Like, no. <laughs> Definitely not. Yeah. Like, I love a good mental health walk, but. It's not in the middle not, of the night as a teenage girl. No. <laughs> but, yeah, not even now. There's times where I'm no, like. No, I wouldn't go for a walk in the middle of the no, night. No. Exactly. I'm definitely not a teenager anymore. Yeah. But it, it's an idea of safety as well. Yes. <laughs> it's this crazy thing where you're just, and then you're stuck. And now I have, like rain noises and things yeah. like that but when they don't work the spiral you can oh. go down and I'm I'm the first one to say that I will go to my phone and try and distract myself with TikTok or social yeah. media and things like that which is all fun and games but then you sit you put it down you're like oh that bright light and all of those things are mm. continuing and it actually doesn't solve the problem no. like I'm gonna be like completely candid last night I couldn't get to sleep yeah. all the things were ringing through my brain you know and it's just uncomfortable mm. and you can do all the things and you can try it like I used to, I used to train myself into like get into dreaming like I'll start a situation in my brain and hope okay. that it will fade into a dream and usually that works but when it doesn't and then you just and then for some reason your brain goes oh well now you can't even sleep wow what else can you not do and you're like oh this is a terrible spiral such a mean brain sometimes (laughs) and like that's another thing like I think I'm really hard on myself Mm. and I don't think that was picked up from anything I just think that's my psychology Mm -hmm. I think that's like we talk about like I um uh, I'm a facilitator for mental health first aid and a part of it is biological, it's mm-hmm. psychological and it's societal. And there are some things where I'm like, I'm sensitive. Mm-hmm. I'm a really sensitive person and people, like I used to be called a crybaby. Mm. Um, I used to, every piano lesson I would cry, there would be a teacher who gave me <laughs> tissues. She's like, they're for you. And I'm like, that's so cruel. Aww. But the thing is I didn't practice. Yeah. But then I would not practice because I didn't actually like piano. And then I'd go to a lesson and I'd go, bloop, 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 do something wrong. And she's like, well, you got something wrong. And I would be like, well, you were the worst. Like, to me, not to anyone else, it was me who failed. Yeah. Everything that I did slightly wrong was a failure. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, well, isn't that how brains work? Yeah. Because when you don't, if you don't know anything different, then you mm. don't know that something's wrong. Yes. Like, and so I was the same with my thought patterns, especially in the worst of my depression. Mm. I didn't know that other people's brains didn't tell them they were useless. Mm. Yes. <laughs> yep, yep. Like, yeah. I just thought it was normal. Yeah. And I would go to these, like, 
phases of like, well, I don't care. I don't care. Mm-hmm. I will, I will, you know, not try and whatever. And then I end up with results that ultimately mm-hmm. are bad because like I, maybe like a test or something like that. Mm-hmm. I would be like, I don't, uh, I don't care if I don't, you know, get an A and then I get a B and then I'm like, oh, well, I'm the worst student in the whole entire world. Yeah. And it's really, it's not, it's so negative because mm-hmm. I'm in, there's no spectrum in that situation. It's mm-hmm. me going all of my energy and time and focus or nothing. Yeah. And then getting angry that the nothing doesn't <laughs> do anything. <laughs> and like, I know like eating was a huge thing with that. I remember like, I think year five was the first time from like my, my diaries mm-hmm. that I was like going on diets. Wow. And like it was crazy because it would be like me Googling how to lose 10 kilograms in two weeks. Like what? Yeah. And it would last maybe half a day. Yeah. But then I'd feel so bad that I failed that I would get angry at myself. Mm. But I was like how year five who was active and doing things yeah. like 11 years yeah, old or 10 so years old young. and just thinking like of course you're hungry yeah <laughs> yeah and like you're actually healthy as well and mm. there was definitely a warped sense of and I don't I don't want to say body dysmorphia but I didn't see my body as how it was mm. I didn't mm-hmm. see myself as who I was I mm-hmm. was so cruel so going into high school and doing all these you know getting into these motions I was so surprised I'm like oh it's so new I'm like no 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 mm. that's been happening for years yeah yeah but you were a kid so there was something else happening and distracted yeah. and whatever it may be but and I think yeah. this is a really common occurrence, even more so with with women. Yes, you know, I could if I listed off all of the like ridiculous diets and stuff and stupid things mm-hmm. that I've done to try and change my body, mm-hmm. I would be here for a while. Yeah, you know, but I, isn't it's a sad reality that yeah. like I grew up like I got Instagram when I was twelve. I think mm-hmm. that's when like, but I was posting like I don't know mustaches mustaches were really big in 2012 i love a mustache yeah and like it was all like like fun little things but i was posting all the fun little things but i was seeing other things Mm. and i'm really happy like i am definitely not anti-social media i Mm -hmm. think there's a lot of positives me too um and i'm also happy there's a lot more filters than Mm -hmm. there were Mm -hmm. it was new to us we didn't know what it was yeah you just saw everything i saw everything Mm. and society back then the body image mm. movement was not where it is to now. Correct. And that's a fun thing that there's beautiful body image movements now that online that I've seen that have really helped me. Yeah. But yeah, I remember like seeing like it was really big for um thigh gaps. Yeah. that age. Everyone yes. wanted a thigh and we would do out we'll move our legs in a weird <laughs> part, like a bird pose yeah. and be like I don't my thighs don't touch. Yeah. And it was ridiculous. Oh, it's so ridiculous. Cuz we were healthy children <laughs> who were trying to be unhealthy adults. So crazy yeah. that these are things like what? But my parents didn't know and they they yeah. couldn't have known because I had my iPod touch and I was having a good time. <laughs> you know. Damn, an yeah. iPod touch. Yeah, cuz I, I had my brick phone which oh, I could call yes. my mom and then yeah. my iPod touch and I just thought everyone saw this and I've heard like people growing up like I had Instagram that was kind of pretty much it there was mm-hmm. other people on like Tumblr Tumblr just sound awful mm-hmm. and there was a lot of um really like 
again, not filtered with um, eating, dis- uh, eating disorders, mm-hmm. uh, self-harm, yeah. mental, Ill- un- mental illness was talked about very openly. And that's where I probably discovered what mm-hmm. that was. Like mm-hmm. I think, like I remember like when I was in primary school, the idea of self-harm was just something I saw online. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, so that's what you do when you're sad. Wow. Yeah. And I remember, like, one night I was really, really low and I was like, oh, well, this is what you do. I didn't because I was terrified of hurting myself. Yeah. So my anxiety kind of helped me not do it. Yeah. But it was an idea of the edu... And it just shows you how important education is at that age. And how impressionable people are. Like, I've never heard somebody say it quite like that before. Like, to think that, okay... You were exposed to it through an app or some mm. part, some form of internet. Yeah, and then that's what has given you the idea. Okay, well, I'm sad, and mm. sad people do this. Sad people self harm. Mm. Yeah, like that's in primary school that a girl came up to me, and I remember this so vividly, and showed me some self harm scars. Yeah, and I remember just going, "Oh my goodness." Mm. But I didn't do anything, and there's a, there's a part of me that's like, "Oh, there's some guilt there," but I'm also like. I had no idea what that meant. Yeah. I know that girl now and she's alive and well and and, and things like that, but it's that idea of she was searching for someone. Yeah. And we couldn't help. So when I hear about like, and it was primary school, so I hear primary school programs being like, it's too young. Or whatever. If anyone Mm. has a problem with it's too young, it's not. No, no, no. It is not too young. I would say kindergarten we should be talking about compassion you know yeah you know it's an idea of Mm -hmm. you know these beautiful programs that are happening but it's a and that's an Mm -hmm. interesting thing is that there's so many people who didn't have that like I'm the age where it kind of started Mm -hmm. but I'm 22 Mm. there are millions of other people who never got that education and they're having to realize it now I'll figure out it now so I'm like why wouldn't you want it Mm. For your kids, or not even for your, maybe it's not your kids, but for yeah. the next generation. Definitely. Now, there's another diagnosis that you have mm. that I had never heard of prior to you telling me about it for the first time. Mm. And we were in the car picking yeah. up Rachel to go to one of the women's events. Yes. And it's rejection sensitivity. Dysphoria. dysphoria. So it RSD. Yeah, I wouldn't say I'm not officially diagnosed, oh, but it's with that's all good. Yeah. But it's dysphoria is it's something that like knowing about it has helped me. Yeah. And RSD is very common for people with ADHD. Again, do not have a diagnosis, but just for anyone who's listening who mm-hmm. might be aware, rejection sensitivity dysphoria goes and comes in different ways. For me, it's that very much the authority thick figures, it's the failure, it's the idea that you do something slightly wrong and your world crumbles. And that's in my uh, experience. That is how I see it. Again, everything's on a spectrum. Other people have different stories. Knowing that that was a thing helped me incredibly. Mm -hmm. Because as I said before, I was told I was a crybaby. I told that I was weak, Mm -hmm. not by anyone in particular, maybe the crybaby thing. But the, like, I would go, especially in primary school when it was very big to do, you know, parent-teacher-student interviews. Mm-hmm. I don't think there was one that I didn't cry in. Aww. I was a good kid. I got yeah. pretty good grades. Maybe I'll talk too much in class. And maybe that one talk too much in class 
put me over the edge and said, I'm the worst person. But it happened in adulthood. The last job I worked, my boss, uh, we did, you didn't have to do those evaluation things where you talk to your boss and they talk about everything you've done in the year. And he sat me down and he's like, okay, so you've done this, this, and this, and all right. Mm-hmm. Can you just not go on your phone too much? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and which is so incredibly valid. Yeah, of But course. I went to the bathroom after that, after holding in tears, and just burst into tears and said, mm. he thinks that I am a terrible employee. Aww. And it's just, like, incredible how words not just have effect, but how... I always thought of myself as a strong, independent, very capable woman, Mm -hmm. human person. Mm -hmm. But there are things and times where they just crumble me and then there comes the intrusive thoughts of you're just now a weak crybaby and all those Mm -hmm. kind of things. But I remember just feeling defeated. Mm. And to some people, and I hear people say, oh, I love criticism. I love getting, like, criticism. I love love hearing what I can change. And I'm like, if anyone tells me I have to change one thing about myself, (laughs) I will crumble. Sounds like I had a friend who's a comedian and she did a competition. She asked one of the judges um, how she went. And the judge said, oh, I hated it. And she's like, oh, well, tell me why I can fix it. And she was telling me, that, like, oh, I love that I got the feedback. And I would have just, I would have left the country. Oh, I would have like, And for some people, I'm like, oh, well, Cecilia, that sounds very valid. But it's an idea of, it's not just that I had my hurt, my, my emotions hurt or my feelings hurt. Mm-hmm. It's that my brain has tricked mm-hmm. myself that that one bit of thing. And it's usually something so, mm. what, like, don't use your phone too much. Um, shouldn't it be the response of, I want to crumble mm. and like whatever my thoughts were, but mm-hmm. it's made me really like not second guess my abilities, but like actually think about, no, that's not healthy and mm. I keep on learning about me and this is the thing about being 22 everything <laughs> educate seems, us <laughs> everything seems like it's the end of the world yeah and people say you have so much time you have so much time you're just discovering yourself and I've gone to a whole identity discovery thing in the last two years but yeah and it still continues to grow and I know that about myself yeah but I also know that I'm a human being feeling pain and I need someone to listen. And sometimes you just feel so pathetic when you go to someone and say, the reason why I'm crumbling and crying in the, the staff bathrooms is because my boss said an, a tiny, minuscule Asked thing. Asked to be on the phone so much. Yeah, after <laughs> complimenting me too. Like, this yeah. is the thing. If you throw 20 compliments at me and you get one feedback, that one feedback will be in my brain for the rest of my life and the 20 compliments will run away. You, like, hyperfixate on the one negative thing rather than allowing all the good positive. Yeah, Yeah. I make it a cake with that, you know, that feedback. You know, I'm stirring it up, I'm looking at it, I'm waiting for it to rise, (laughs) you know. Just putting the self-raising flour in there, making sure it's going to get nice and big. Oh, not a, not a, yeah, I was thinking, like, self-hatred flour? No. (laughs) But it's that thing of, like, I've just always been that case. And that's a weird thing of why why do you perform? Why do you do that? Because you get that criticism. Mm-hmm. And it's been really tricky. And mm. sometimes I don't take it. And to my, not like the opposite of my benefit. Like I, feedback is great. Mm-hmm. Learning is great. But the idea that 
I sometimes shield myself even before that because I know um, I've just felt, made me feel weak. Mm. And I don't like to feel weak. No, you know? I don't think any of us do. But that, like, I had never heard of that um, mm. um, dysphoria. Yeah, dysphoria. Yeah, before. Yeah. And I just think, you know, I, even I, like, resonate with parts mm. of that um, definitely around, like, for me it would feel more like I'd really let someone down. Yes. Like, mm-hmm. you know, even if they'd just said five good things but, oh, this, whatever the one negative's not maybe even the right word, but mm. like the feedback or the yeah. criticism or something, I would hyperfixate on that. Oh, hyperfixate is just that term is mm. so new to me in the last few couple of years, but that's what's happening. Yeah. You know, when I was a teenager working um, my like casual job and I would say something or accidentally mistake someone's name or, or mm. do something, um, put something on the shelf wrong or something like that, that's what I'm thinking about. Mm. That's what I should have done this, I should have done that. And I got someone telling me, like, oh, but we all do that. Now I'm thinking they also have a fixie. Yeah. <laughs> and that's another thing. You, The people that you're talking to, they could be doing the same thing on, oh, that's normal, but also they're doing it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> We're all in the same boat here. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, obviously we've just talked through a few different things. Mm. How did you go about taking steps to start getting help? Yeah, so it was back in Adelaide. COVID brought me back from traveling, which was mm-hmm. really stinky. Um, hot take. You were on a Europe trip. I at was the time. in England. I was oh, working. England. I was yeah. working in England at a pub, and it was closing down. And then we were like, mm. "We'll be, we'll be all right. Couple mm. of months, couple of weeks, maybe." And then my parents like come back to Adelaide, and I was like, "Fine." Yeah. So hot take. COVID stinks. Um, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, but I was back in Adelaide, and I ended up in a great job at a mental health charity. We did mention it before. It breaks the Mental Health Research Foundation. And in woo! My, but woo! <laughs> and my first week, they were like, hey, do you want to do this mental health first aid training? I was like, what the heck is that? But also, yes, because I'm not doing anything in the office because I just started. Yeah. Um, and I did this course and I was in a room full of people who were affected by the fires of 2020. And so I was, if anyone who's not from Adelaide? Mm-hmm. It was... Traumatic and devastating. KI. KI. And also Kangaroo just... Island. Kangaroo Island, but also mainland Australia. Yeah. I was around people. And as someone who was in England at the time, mm. so disconnected to it, I just sat and listened because it was their time to process. Yeah. But through that, I was listening to the actual, like, session, the course. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, yeah, yeah, sure, okay. Ticking a few boxes. Okay, interesting. Mm-hmm. And then they said, you can go to the GP and talk about it. And for some reason, that was just, oh, you could just go to the GP. <laughs> like, that was, like, this interesting thing. And I'm like, oh, I've done this whole thing of, like, I think I have OCD, I think I have this, I think I have anxiety, mm-hmm. whatever it may be. But it's too embarrassing. But I was surrounded by people who were talking about mental health and mental illness and talking about go get help. So sucked it up, went to the doctor I was seeing and I had in my hand a piece of paper of all the symptoms that I was feeling because I was prepared, (laughs) you know. (laughs) I had a printed off Google document Mm -hmm. and highlighted what I experienced and I sat in her office and she was asking me how I am and I'm just like, oh, I have a piece of paper, I tried to tell her. And I was crying the whole time and she's like, cool, I'm going to get you on a psychologist. And I'm like, this is not the tiny 15 seconds but the whole thing Mm. had happened. 
And then that psychologist didn't really work out. Mm-hmm. And then I've lost faith again. I'm like, ugh. But I'm like, you can just go to the GP. Mm-hmm. I, li- I am, you know, Adelaide CBD. Adelaide, you know, this is, I am not in a rural town. I mm-hmm. have that privilege, mm-hmm. that absolute privilege of just going to the GP. And I end up going again. And it's embarrassing. I have to tell another person about all the anxiety-inducing things that are happening to me, but I did it. Mm-hmm. And then that GP went away, I believe. And I had to tell a third GP. I had to tell Damn. so many GPs because yeah. the clinic, like, changed over or whatever mm. it was. But, but worth told, it. But worth it but because <laughs> it was really interesting that that, G, that clinic that I was going to had a visit from a new psychologist's office mm-hmm. and said, oh, oh, I'll recommend you to this person. And thank God, thank goodness that they mm-hmm. did because that was the therapist that I attended many, many sessions in the year 2022. Mm-hmm. So I think I felt like something was happening in 2016. Mm-hmm. I think I wanted change in around 2020, 2021, and I was receiving help in 2022. For many people, that sounds really long. For many people, that seems very short. And, again, the privilege of where I live, my income at that time, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff is, and I will accredit to that privilege. Mm-hmm. But I was talking and all these things, and as we were talking, I'm very self-aware. So that idea of, like, why do I have to go to this person? that I, They're just going to say everything that I'm thinking. <laughs> but then she didn't. And I'm like, how dare you? I already have a plan. <laughs> <laughs> I already knew how this was going to go. Yeah, and there was things that I would talk about with, with her that I didn't even think were a problem. Mm-hmm. And now that I've dealt with them, I'm like, oh, that was a problem and now I'm dealing with them. And it's that, it's that extra person, that, that, that person that listens to me and all my embarrassment that I had because it was that safe space mm-hmm. and also just like, you know, those times where it's like, well, you are 22, but it's also, you are human mm. and you're going to this and I can see you're hurt. And um, she had this great, like, dog toy, probably for the kids, probably for the kids <laughs> to come in that session. But I remember, like, every time I got really, really, like, sad, I would, like, find myself holding a pillow or holding the dog. Mm-hmm. And the last session I remember, I or well, there was a really good session I did and I didn't go for anything. I just sat there. And it was that physical reminder that I actually am and change and um you know that help is there and and as tricky as it can be and or help does help and it's that mm-hmm. weird thing like you can go for help but are they going to actually listen are they going to do a thing and I was just fortunate enough to to find someone who was listening to me and and was so fantastic I was also going through heaps of life changes so it was kind of perfect timing mm-hmm. but what was the most beautiful thing that happened throughout the whole experience was talking to my mum about it and I said, I don't think I will be able to afford it soon. And she said, oh, well, I can help you with that. And that's all she said. But translation, if this is important to you, I will help you. And I, and this is a person who has gone through a lot of physical illness. And I always thought, well, she, she had it tough. That's what, that's what being sick is. And her goal went, well, you're also needed help in a different way but mm-hmm. you need help and I was like it, it was so many things said and maybe she just thought I'll help you out but yeah. in my brain <laughs> in my brain I'm like that's validation yeah and yeah. the idea that I I'm of Gen Z I, everyone around me is talking about mental illness because mm-hmm. we 
just are so open about it. Mm-hmm. So I had that privilege as well of just being able to talk to my friends and things. But it was doing mental health first aid facilitating and the women's meals that I realised that. I'm also a poet, so I'm just mm-hmm. around people talk about their emotions. Yeah. But it was around those people, the rural towns and mm-hmm. older generations of going, we didn't have that. Mm. And if I have experienced the benefits of being able to talk about it and I can only hope and I can I can only see really the next generation doing the same thing and people mm-hmm. of all ge- generations learning mm-hmm. it's just so fantastic it's so good because community is huge oh massive understanding connection community and connection so important mm. so aside from obviously and being able to seek that help with the psychologist and mm. what I like about your story with that and I wish you didn't have to tell the story so many times to so many GPs yeah. but it's like your story is is common in mm. that not everyone meshes with the first person that they see yeah. and yeah. that's a good reminder it shouldn't ever put anyone off it's like anything like mm. you know you could go to see a hairdresser and maybe you don't yeah. quite vibe or mm-hmm. a masseuse or mm. a I went to say eye doctor, but <laughs> I mean you just don't know. Yeah, no, but it's <laughs> like, a thing. It's it's normal. Yeah. Like people have energy and you're gonna connect with some people and not connect with others. Mm. And if you do try with one and it doesn't quite work, don't be disheartened. Mm-hmm. Just talk to the GP. Yeah, and that's the thing. It's we wouldn't second guess going to a different hairdresser. No. Because we want nice hair. Yeah. <laughs> like, we want to feel good. Yeah. I also want to feel good mentally. So mm. I, I, it was interesting because I was like, well, I'm in psychologist and I've heard, you know, got to go. But I remember the first person and it wasn't because she was, it was just we weren't right together. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, I, and I didn't have the opportunity of shopping around, but it was yeah. the idea that, like, I did have that thing of, like, oh, well, that didn't work out. What's next? Yeah. And all those kind of things. But... I remember sitting there and just feeling not very clinical and things like that, but mm. I'm happy I didn't stay because mm-hmm. I think she would have helped me and that's okay. But what I needed at that point was comfort mm-hmm. more than anything. I needed a comforting ear to listen to me. Mm-hmm. And the first thing that I remember my the psychologist I, I, I went to last year said to me is like, I'm not going to say anything in the first few sessions. I just want to learn about you. And I'm like, cool. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you everything. I'll <laughs> tell you the answers. <laughs> like, I can do that. I I remember just, like, going on different tangents. I'm like, oh, well, this happened to this person. Mm. And I have a lot of siblings, so I'm like, this is the name. Mm. And this is who's married and this is who's not. And, blah, blah, blah. and I grew up at this and I grew up in that. And she was like, oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. And I remember the best thing was that she would always compliment that I was a performer. Mm-hmm. And it came back to the idea that she was one of the people who were like, keep those compliments. Yeah. But it was an idea that it went back to comfort. Mm-hmm. She was listening, she was helping, but she always knew that I, as a very sensitive, anxious soul, mm-hmm. needed was someone also to go, but you're doing great. Yeah. And that was like, oh. So nice. Thanks. Yeah. Red eyes, crying. <laughs> <laughs> With a cup of tea, you know, Love like, it. yeah. Yeah. Alongside the therapy mm. and the improv, yeah. <laughs> what other things do you do to manage your mental health? 
Yeah, we. I think we talked about it briefly before, mm-hmm. but clean spaces. Mm-hmm. Um, I've gone on my, I call them my hot girl mental health walks, and yeah. I walk around on my podcast. And um, this one, I hope. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm listening to. I'm listening to this one, and it's really. It's. I'm listening, it's called Smartless, but it's. It's very like American celebrities talking American celebrities, but I love when like they talk about like, oh, when I was 22, I was righteous in, and this mm-hmm. is how I become big, and I'm like, yeah. I'm a 22-year-old waitress. That's really inspiring. But in the moments yeah. where I'm just like, I'm in um, breathing fresh air. Yes. I'm exercising in mm-hmm. my little way and I'm listening to something that's inspiring. Mm-hmm. That's good. I like And that. maybe it's half an hour, maybe it's an hour, whatever. I probably got sunburned anyway. Doesn't matter. <laughs> Very pasty white. But it's, yeah, clean spaces. And I will be the first to say that I go into terrible slumps and don't do it. But I had a friend explain to me, he... He did it like his own little therapy session with me the other. Um, mm-hmm. I invited him over because he's like, let's talk, let's talk. And he's like, get little things in your house and let's put them all together and then explain each one. And I'm like, okay. And he actually subconsciously like explained that I find that there's a – I overthink everything and all that. But when I am in a clear space, mm-hmm. when I'm doing things I love like poetry or comedy or being around that scene um, – Going on my walks. It sounds again cheesy, but cheese is good. It works, mm. and also time. Mm-hmm. And I and as someone who's very very anxious, there are times where I just need to stop. Mm-hmm. And yes, I might go into my little bubble, but it's that reboot. And we were talking on the couch mm. about a reboot. I'm okay because I'm at that space of that acknowledgement of who what I need. But it's also communicating that as well. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's all these little things, and yeah. and I'm like, oh, those Instagram pages were right. Mm-hmm. Those Canva graphics were right. <laughs> I just need to drink some water, you know, <laughs> get some vitamin C. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I like that. And you're right, though. It's not always about the big things. It can just be the little things as well, yeah. and those baby steps. Mm. What do you wish you could tell your past self who was going through all these things? Or maybe advice to someone who's going through something similar. Yeah. Your doctor has heard way more embarrassing things than you think. Can that, we talk? <laughs> that is a great one. <laughs> like, I was so scared of telling my doctor about my germophobia and mm-hmm. all those kind of things. They have seen some things. Yeah. You especially know? A GP. Especially a GP. That's first point of call, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know they've gone to the medical school like they've mm-hmm. had, they know everything like but it's an idea that it's okay to be embarrassed it's okay to like have those fears but if it's all you need is a piece of paper of all the symptoms highlighted or that one friend who stays in the car while you go inside or asking for something or not asking or giving yourself a little treat after a doctor appointment you know whatever it is mm-hmm. That appointment is 15 minutes or 30 minutes or whatever how long. Your doctor's probably not thinking about afterwards. Mm. You probably are thinking about afterwards and that's probably Mm -hmm. maybe healthy or unhealthy. But it's an idea that if you come up and you say, I have a problem and they're saying, okay, let's fix it, go with it. Yeah. Because it really helps. And if they're not doing that, Mm -hmm. talk to another GP. 100%. And I like that because, like we've mentioned before, you know, 
often people have this sense of um, embarrassment or mm. shame or something around, mm. you know, sharing how they've been feeling with the GP. So I think that's amazing advice. Yeah, and it, it, it's this interesting thing because, like, um, the great thing we have now is on the internet is that sometimes doctors can specialise in things and mm-hmm. they can let you know about that. There are doctors who, like, specialise in mental health mm-hmm. or if you want to, like, if you feel comfortable, like, be really conscious about it. Like, if you feel more comfortable talking to a woman doctor or, a man, like, a male doctor yeah. or or LGBTQIA+, mm-hmm. plus, you know, talk to these people that make you feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. But for them, their job is to help you. Mm-hmm. So we hope we hope for the best that they do. Yeah, definitely. What about as a society? What do you think we as a society could do better in this space to be able to support one another? Yeah, I think we've, as a society, we should give it, like, ourselves a pat on the back for like what we've done, but we've definitely mm. got more um, to do. Mm-hmm. I think as someone who's now working in a space that isn't, you know, mental health focused, mm-hmm. um, it's little things about just like, validating each other's feelings or asking how we're going, actually caring. Mm-hmm. I was talking to my friend about being a replier friend or I don't know what term he used, but it's an idea that, like, you're always, the f- like, don't be the friend that doesn't text back. Mm-hmm. Like, someone's like, oh, do you want to make plans? And then, like, thumbs react, that's all you give them. Like, ask them to go out because mm-hmm. usually the people who are, like, seeking that is sometimes being like, well, I hope people ask me. Yeah. So always give and like whilst taken like give as well mm-hmm. and it's sometimes as easy as you know seeing someone on like instagram and saying they're like not feeling the best mm-hmm. or not even that but maybe they're just you know a little bit different or they you haven't heard from them very often text message mm. i got some great advice from the lovely rachel soderstrom if you keep on messaging someone or being in contact with someone you are higher up in their contact list Mm. So one day when they're looking for someone to talk to or, I don't know, just listen, you're up there. Mm. And they're like, oh, actually, yeah, Lisa is someone I can talk to. Because mm-hmm. they always check in up on me. You know, it's, you know, actually, should I check up on them? Because mm-hmm. they always do it for me. And all those kind of like little things. Because I hope, and I'm very optimistic about the mental health space, I think, upper level stuff it's gonna just get better and better um we're learning more and more mm-hmm. but we're ground level people currently mm-hmm. and we got to do things on the ground level because that can make a real difference yeah and I love that idea of like you know if if I reach out to that person then I'm more like visible mm. I guess like that they might it was such be a good inclined thing, yeah. to come back to me mm. I've not heard that one before so I yeah. love there that <laughs> So I guess now, like, looking back now over sort of what you've been through and your journey with your own mental health, mm. how do you feel about it? I feel validated. Okay. I have a lot of imposter syndrome when it comes to, like, all different things in my life. And there are times where I feel imposter syndrome about am I mentally unwell enough? Yeah. And then I'm in the, then I'm in the worst day ever and I'm like, I am. Yeah. I am. <laughs> yes. I'm very – and it's sad that I have to be validated in that way, but mm-hmm. I'm valid. My emotions are valid. Mm-hmm. I – even if I – like, I have always thought that I had to be in crisis constantly to be seen as something, to need help or anything yeah. like that. And that's probably why it took me so long to get help because I wasn't 
valid enough or whatever it is. It's yeah. so silly. It's like imposter syndrome with yeah. mental health. It's ridiculous. Yeah. But I felt it too. Don't worry. <laughs> no, no, it's good to talk about it. Yeah. It's so true. And it was that idea that because you, you're in a really good space, you're doing all the things, you're on your hot girl mental health walk, da, 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 <laughs> and you're like, yeah, 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 and then you go really bad and then you're like, oh, well, that's okay, and it gets really, really bad and then you're like, oh, well, now I can reach out. And it's that orange zone. And it's, mm. this is the thing. If anyone asked me about anything like this, I would be the first one to give sound professional advice. Mm. For me... It takes a little time. Mm-hmm. But I'm getting there. And mm-hmm. I'm getting better at looking at myself and actually going, hey, what's up? Because, mm. you know, there was like this year there's a lot of me going like, do I even know myself? And it's like, mm-hmm. well, if you don't, let's find out. Mm-hmm. You know, let's take time. Mm-hmm. Let's centre ourselves. Mm-hmm. And, it, and, it will, and it will take a little, little you know, hot minute, but mm-hmm. it's worth it. Yeah. And I think, like, we, again, we were talking on the damn couch before. Love but <laughs> we were talking about, like, you know, you've just recently um, changed what you were doing for a job and, you know, you're 22 mm. and you've got all these creative things happening. I'm just, like, so excited for you, <laughs> like, as to what's, like, to come. Mm. And so you do open mic nights. Yes. So I run Mixed Bag Poetry, which mm-hmm. is an open mic night for spoken word, mm-hmm. uh, spoken word poetry, but also monologues, things like that. We also started a new event called Fresh Off the Press at Ancient World, which is this really cool space where we can just like do new poems or improv and things like that. So I love performing, but I also love creating space for performers. Mm-hmm. I am Regina George's mum in Mean Girls in my pink tracksuit with yeah. the film camera going, you know, great you know like all those kind of things like I love being a facilitator being a host and things like that I'm also in like the stand-up scene stand-up and I have a very interesting relationship poetry and I are in a beautiful marriage okay stand-up and I are in an on and off uh relationship okay is Um, this an open relationship (laughs) (laughs) it's more that I like them more than they Mm, like me okay and I think anxiety has made me stop it and start it and stop it and start it but I'm really trying to push forward and go no mm-hmm. we're here right now let's do it mm-hmm. five minutes <laughs> and that sounded really sketchy but it's yeah. I do five minute sets that's all I gotta do and I yeah. love it but it's a very anxiety inducing thing mm-hmm. spoken word is this beautiful community where you click and you ever you can do your freaking grocery list and everyone's like wow beautiful work <laughs> You know, stand-up's tricky. You're trying to make people laugh and yeah. everyone's got different humour and all of that. But they both are their pros and pros and, and everything. I'm about to say cons, but they don't really. Yeah. They don't really. It's, it's great. But um, it's an interesting thing in LA because I was talking to someone about how we have a lot of performing arts here. We have mm. a great community for uh, improv, poetry, music, comedy, everything. Mm-hmm. You've, but you have to, like, have, like, a secret password to find out about Ooh. it. And it's like, no, 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 no. We want people to yeah. come. Come along. So, like, shout out to everyone who's in Adelaide. But, like, mm-hmm. go look at, like, performing arts and mm-hmm. things like that. Make that your, like, mental health thing for the, yeah, for the week. Yeah. yeah. Make it your outlet or just watch people. Mm-hmm. Be inspired connect. by others. Connect. Um, also, every artist will love a, a fresh face. Mm. So you'll be the 
most beloved person there. Oh, I love that. <laughs> so how can people find out yes. where they can come to you? Uh, yes, your... you can find Mixed Bag on Instagram and Facebook, Mixed Bag Poetry. Mm-hmm. It's all there. I also, it's Cecilia Ronson, comedian and poet on Facebook. Mm-hmm. I'm trying my best to keep it updated. I'll be mm-hmm. doing a little fringe things here and there. So maybe oh, you might cute. even see me perform. Who love knows? That. But, yeah, I'm doing, uh, trying to get be that social media whiz, but, you know, mm-hmm. let's see what Canva can do for me. <laughs> Canva's amazing. I love Canva. <laughs> I am a graphic designer. Because yeah. of that. Yeah. Aren't we all? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I'll definitely put the links and everything amazing. in the show notes. And if anyone wants, they can also slide into my DMs and I can put you through to Cecilia as well. Amazing. Well, on that note, I think it's time to wrap the episode up. I must say, I've had a really good time. Oh, yay. Okay, cool. (laughs) You know what? I'm going to take that compliment. Yes, I'm going to take it. I'm going to make a cake out of that compliment. Good. Extra self-raising flour. Thank you. Um, Yes. You are a very talented comedian, and I'm so grateful that our paths crossed last year through Breakthrough Foundation and the women's events, and I'm really excited to see what comes this year for us, but also really for you. So thank you so much for joining me on a – I went to say school night, but (laughs) on a work night. On a work night, um, This week. I really, really appreciate it, and I can't wait for – everyone to hear thank you so much for having me and thank you so much for creating such a wonderful space where I feel comfortable talking um so thank you again my pleasure all right guys that is us for this week I hope you've enjoyed this one it's been really fun and I feel like the energy in this room is incredible (laughs) so enjoy and I will see you next week doey If you enjoyed today's episode, please hit the subscribe button and leave me a five-star review. Even better, if you know someone who might benefit from listening to it, please tell them all about it. You'll find more information from today's episode in the show notes. If you or someone you know would like to be a guest on High Tide, Low Tide, please email me at Lisa, spelled L-E-E-S-A, at hightidelowtideau.com dot com or dm me on instagram at high tide low tide au see you next time